Peace, love, and life, and peace, love, and light. Welcome, stay, come again. I am your host, Him, not them. Got to give and always will a shout out to the ancestors, the elders, listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. As always, drink your water, eat your greens. We are here, we are alive, and we are in full effect. That was the sounds of Jodeci, freaking you. I've probably been listening to that song for like three days straight. <laughs> and it got brought to my attention because I was scrolling through the socials and some DJ had mashed that song up with a Janet Jackson song. And it was like a pretty good mashup. I like when the DJs kind of mix songs together. Some of them you never really thought had chemistry, but that just shows the beauty of music and the ear that some people have to put these mashups together. But this one in particular, I think it was like Anytime, any place mashed up with that jump, and it was crazy. That shit was crazy. So I've been listening to that song ever since. Greetings and salutations. Hopefully the family is doing well. We're going to hop right into it. We are still continuing, family. I'm going to keep the introduction short because nothing has really changed within the last 10 days for me personally. Usually, been, usually in between installments, I have, you know, levels of enlightenment, you know, and that's because... I'm, you know, diligent with trying to stay diligent with the idea of staying in my light. And we'll get into that a little bit later in this installment. But with the summertime in particular, when I look at my notes, there's always like gaps of time in between June and August where in the past I wasn't doing a whole lot of studying. As I shouldn't to uh, be in my own defense, I'm on what is called summer break. At the same time with me holding myself accountable, being my own accountability buddy when it comes to disseminating information, I've realized that post-pandemic, I've been spending the summers trying to get better at that. And that's when I realized that today we're going to spend most of this installment talking about taking action, right? We always talk about taking accountability. We're always talking about preparing ourselves. We're always talking about limiting our distractions. But it's important for us to also understand the importance of taking action. And that comes with everything that we always talk about. So many topics that there's so many topics I don't know where to start to highlight, but when we take action, we have to first recognize the obstacles. All right? Sometimes the obstacles are self-imposed, some of them are due to outside entities, right? Nevertheless, we have to understand that those are just temporary situations that can prevents us from achieving our long-term goal, whatever that is. And usually when we have this idea of a long-term goal, people usually use the phrase, quote-unquote, think big or dream big, you know, and that can be intimidating for some, maybe not all, but for some, telling someone to dream big, telling someone so you can have anything you want in the world, and then the minute that they think about everything that they want, that becomes, how should I say, that triggers shrinking thinking, all right? The idea of um, connecting big with bad triggers shrinking thinking, all right? So I don't want us to necessarily dream big. I just want us to dream. I want us to have not so much a big dream, but a fulfilling dream, a fulfilling purpose, right? We're replacing the word big because, again, the big lights, the shining lights, when you're performing on the big stage, right? That can be intimidating when all lies on you. 
especially when you're trying to achieve a goal for yourself. So in order for us to limit our shrinking thinking, let's not just dream big. Let's have a fulfilling dream. All right. We shouldn't fear dreaming, quote unquote, big. We should fear mediocrity. We should fear time wasted. You know, those should be the fears. Going out and actually achieving what we want shouldn't be fearful because there's people who wouldn't even take two steps when we're taking five. There's people that won't take one step when you've already taken two. You understand? So for us as individuals, we can't fear the dream itself. We can't fear the end vision itself. We have to fear the mediocrity. We have to fear not so much not finishing, but fear that we get so close to happening that we fall short. That's a fear for me. I don't want to get too close to anything that I feel as though that I deserve and I fall short of having it. That's a big fear of mine. I don't necessarily fear dreaming big. I fear falling short. And that's just me being personal. So when we think about how we're going to take action, once we know the end vision, once we know what the goal is, the next thing we have to realize is that we shouldn't be fearful to make that first step. We shouldn't be fearful of what we want, what we're desiring, what we're asking for. And we also shouldn't fear the obstacles. Because the obstacle itself makes it stronger for the next one. When we fear dreaming big, we consciously or subconsciously work against it. We either run lesser, I'm sorry, we either run into lesser outcomes or simply run away from it. Sometimes when the obstacle is too great, we'll just settle for the small wins, which, is, which in turn or in theory isn't necessarily a bad thing. When they say shoot for the moon, at least you'll land amongst the stars, there's some validity in that, you know? At the same time, if we continuously just settle for the stars, we'll get further and further away from what the end vision was, which would be whatever it is, X, Y, and Z. Me as an individual, let me take two steps back. Here at 30 Talk, we're all about solutions. Me as an individual, it's nothing wrong with collecting the small victories. But if the small victories aren't adding up to the end goal, we're just gathering a lot and potentially can be hoarding when we should be, I don't know, overcoming. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't want us to get too complacent, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, the small victories is cool, but we can get too comfortable with small victories and, for and forget what we're actually trying to do or trying to accomplish. And being fearful of dreaming big can get in the way of that. Being fearful of the big dream or, I don't know, living out the big dream can be fearful. And I'll just leave that there. Don't want to be the dead horse. I got this information from the book, The One Thing. You can find it on the internet, PDF. Um, whenever I give out, whenever I'm in a space to deliver new information, I always revisit old information because it's not necessarily old. <laughs> just because we used it last month doesn't mean it can't be used this month. That's why I always harp on the point of us documenting our thoughts, be it talking and on taking notes in our phone, writing the notes out physically. I don't know what they call it, having a vision board. I've seen people who make vision boards every week. And it's not about the big goal, just what they see themselves achieving within that week span or within that month span. By documenting what we want or documenting our process, it can help us revisit. You know, it can be utilized as a tool to be revisited. And by revisiting, revisiting it, we might pick up something that we didn't notice the first time. And I can speak for myself because that's happened often. Before we take our first break, I just want to remind the family that we are in the summer months. So please find time to enjoy yourself. You know, 
Not so much let loose, but give yourself an opportunity to celebrate. Celebrate something. And I'll just leave that there. Our first break. Yes, family, that was Future, Quavo, Turn Your Click Up. Still can't believe Takeoff is gone, so rest in peace to God. But it still, still don't feel right listening to new music and listening to Amigo songs and just not hearing son or having the opportunity to hear son voice still doesn't sit right with me. But that was Future Quavo, Turn Your Click Up. Before we move any forward, I just want to remind the family it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to smile. It's okay to ask for help. As we move forward, move along, as we keep it pushing, we're going to move into our relationship talk moment of the evening. And today we're going to talk about, I don't know, let me think, let me think. I don't know, I don't have any advice for tonight, you know. I think... Oh, I guess I do have a topic. I don't know. I guess for me as an individual, when it comes to this whole side piece thing. Now, me as an individual, when I was in a relationship, I never had a side piece in a relationship. You know, if I was single, I was single. If I was in a relationship, I was in a relationship. That's just what it was, you know. But this whole side piece or sneaky link thing is getting a little out of hand. It's kind of like, um, oh, yeah, that's my brother. That's my brother. Oh, that's my boy best friend, you know. When you reach a certain age, your boy best friend should be your man's best friend too. You understand what I'm saying? And if that becomes an issue within a relationship, to me personally, that's a red flag, right? If if it's a mutual friendship where there was no physical contact between the two parties and y'all really legit friends, that's cool. But saying that you're friends and y'all maybe hooked up a year or so ago, I don't know, that's kind of unchy. Now, maybe like a high school hookup and you know things of that nature where there's some time passed, you know what I'm saying? Then we can have a mature conversation. But the whole best friend, or that's my bro, this and that, this and that. If you in your 30s, late 20s banging that, that's a red flag and you a sweetie. <laughs> and I'll just leave that there. For my younger individuals who are listening, who are coming across that, oh, that's just my friend, that's just my friend. If the person really cares about you, they'll acknowledge your feelings in the matter, you know. And I think going to our next part of this conversation is going to be about is that we've normalized a lot of aspects of relationships that aren't normal. Right. So once we sit back and look at the rules of engagement when it comes to relationships, we'll start to realize that we're letting we're letting a lot of things slide that shouldn't. But because they've been because we've allowed it to occur for so long, it's become normal. I'm sorry. We've normalized something that's in um, immoral. You understand so I'll just leave that there. So in a relationship, if you, if a person, if you're trying to get real serious with somebody and they say, this is my, my guy's best friend or this is my girl best friend, please vent that situation. 
Don't leave no stone unturned. And if you're getting hella pushback from that, to me personally, that's a red flag. Going into our second topic of the evening, kind of briefly brushed upon it, talking about normalizing. Right? And how normalizing immoral behavior has created the society that we live in today. And I'll just use OnlyFans as an example. I don't want to deep dive into it. OnlyFans has been popularized to the point where women are making so much money, they're shunning individuals who don't make as much money as them. And Andrew Tate and individuals in that lane, Kevin Samuels at the time, Umar Johnson, these are all individuals who are men telling these women like, I don't know who's letting y'all know that this shit is cool, but it's not. You see what I'm saying? And we see on the internet time in and time over, time in and time over, that women will defend certain behaviors that are very unflattering to them. But I guess they really don't see it. That's because the behaviors that we are seeing today have been normalized and they're so far from normal, we can't tell the difference between white and black. You understand? Normalization is the process through which ideas and behaviors that may fall, that may fall outside of social norms come to be regarded as normal. Normalizing tactics such as punishment and discipline rely on the behaviors of a few to influence the masses. So let's just think about what's being normalized in today's society. We don't have to go down a list because it's a grave list. You understand? It's a very long list when it comes to sexuality and gender, when it comes to racism, when it comes to the treatment of women, when it comes to the treatment of men. There's a lot of normalizing behaviors that's been pushed on us that we start to consider to be normal when it's not. That's why on previous installments, I always speak about the difference between normal and natural, because a lot of what's being normalized today is not natural. When we talk about natural order, when we talk about natural law, when we talk about universal law, one plus one is two. I don't care what opinion you have, whatever, I don't know, ideas you come up with to make it seem as if that your opinion of one plus one is three to become valid. It still doesn't change the natural order. So when we speak about normalizing when it comes to gender roles, I'm using air quotes, right? We have to start looking at what is natural and putting that back into play. So then when these normalizing tactics start to come in, we can combat them with a commanding fight because we're, we're definitely losing, especially when it comes to the whole trans thing. You know, be who you are, be who you want to be. But it seems like the only people that's spewing a lot of hate is the individuals in that community. And I'm not trying to turn this into a tit for tat. I can say the same thing about the melanated community with the whole... The, the Carrie Russell, the Carrie Russell showed about faking her own kidnapping. We want to be respected in the light of, in the quote unquote light of the white man so much, but we do dumb shit like this that gives them more ammunition to treat us the way that they do because it's been normalized. You understand? Attention is the new currency. That's a new normalization. All right. People will sell their soul for a hundred thousand likes. You know, the dopamine that comes from the attention-seeking behaviors that we that we see, the amount of dopamine that people receive from that is on the same level as a heroin shot. You understand what I'm saying? So f when we start to think about what's being normalized and what direction it's moving us in, we have to start nipping that shit in the bud. You understand? So normalization, what can that lead to? Normalization drifts closer to failure. Because normalization is not always about what's right or what's wrong. 
or not even so much right or wrong, what's morally right. All right. If I want to normalize something, nine times out of ten, I have to break some natural order in order for that to happen because I'm trying to make something normal that necessarily isn't. Right. It gives it a false sense of urgency. That's why we always see it on TV every day. That's why we always hear it in the music every day. Let's talk about the normalization of hip hop music. Hip hop turned 50 this year. What is what is the medium about rap hip hop music? What do we hear? What are we hearing? The rise of female rappers. What is the rise of female rappers talking about? What are they pushing to normalize? You understand? Is it natural? Is it morally correct? You understand? What is that leading us to? Normalization takes shortcuts. If we're trying to get to the top, if I'm trying to get my message across, I'm going to take shortcuts. I'm going to clip people off at the knees. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this bill passed. If I'm in the Congress or the government, you know, I just seen something on the Internet about California being the first state that can take kids away from their family if they don't accept their child's identity. Child can be eight years old, say, I want to go from a girl to a boy. And if my parents don't accept it, the government can take take me away from my parents. How crazy is that? That's a normalization right there because that's damn sure ain't natural and it damn sure ain't normal. But they're trying to normalize it. You see what I'm saying? And I'll just leave that there. When we speak about what's natural and what's normal and what's trying to be normalized, let's, all you got to do is turn the TV on, <laughs> right? All you got to do is listen to the news for, I don't know, 20 minutes and then turn to another news station and listen for 20 minutes and see what they're trying to normalize. Our last break. Yes, family, that was Tory Lanez one day. I'm still mad what they doing to my man Tory Lanez. Shit wicked. 2023 has been, I can't really explain it. It's, it's been a lot more ups than downs for me, so I'm going to take myself out of the equation and just insert, you know, levels of reality. When you sit and look at that trajectory, you can see that there is a shift going on. And if you are on the wrong side of that shift when it's all said and done, you will be, what they call it, by the wayside. You understand what I'm saying? Cabin farter type shit. And as we close out this installment, I just want us to put into perspective all of what we've been experiencing these last six months. We're about to close out the first month of the second half of this year. It's coming, you know. And within the first six months of this year, what have we accomplished? I think we've talked about that on previous installments. But let's take a moment and think about that. We've This is the month of July. We've spent X amount of days in it. What have we done to 
contribute. Contribute to our goal, contribute to our purpose, contribute to our family, contribute to ourselves. What have we contributed to? That's only a question we can answer. Ask and answer ourselves, right? And then the second thing is, the second question we should ask ourselves is, what can we do or not what can we do, but who can remove, what needs to be removed, how it needs to be removed? We have to start eliminating, right? Moving into this third, moving into the third quarter of this year is the eliminating process. We've sought, we've settled, we've sought, now we are removing, right? Removing for me starts with taking action. Once we start taking action, we're going to start removing the unnecessary layers. Think of it as an onion. Even though we are removing these layers, we might shed a tear, but it's okay to shed that tear because in the midst of removing that layer and shedding that tear, we're releasing something, all right? And we're all about the release. To close this out, I want us to stick with tonight's theme, which is taking action, all right? For me as an individual, um, before we get started, I always like to be real with the family when I have these conversations because I know it can become difficult to hear information that you're not quite ready to accept, even though it's necessary, you know, and taking action can be difficult, especially when we know that it's time to, like we spoke about earlier, the bigger the dream, the slower we move <laughs> because we're starting to realize like, wow, this is really happening. I'm really pursuing this. Now I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? And we, we have to find ways to overcome that. That's why when we are approaching our obstacles, when we're about to take action, we have to be energetic. You understand? We have to be energetic. We have to move with a sense of purpose like this is mine. I know I don't have it yet, but I'm moving like I already got it. You see what I'm saying? So then when it, it, when it is in my possession, I'm not going to treat it like a slippery fish and just let it slip through my fingers. You know, I'm, I'm going to actually cherish what I'm pursuing. And we have to also be persistent. Obstacles may be few and far in between, but as long as we know that they are coming, we, and we're always preparing for them, we can remain consistent and we'll also remain persistent. You understand? And lastly, when we are approaching our obstacles or when we are ready to take action, we have to keep our eyes open for opportunities and pivotal moments. A lot of times we keep our head down when we take action. I'm going to keep my head down, keep, um, keep my eyes forward, and my eyes on the prize. And the whole time I'm marching and moving forward, I'm not really keeping my eyes on my peripheral. I'm not really looking for key moments that can help me move from three to five instead of from three to four. You understand what I'm saying? We have to move with a sense of urgency and we have to be purposeful with our actions, but we also have to keep our head up and our eyes open. We shouldn't just keep our head down and have tunnel vision, right? Fuck around and crash out. See what I'm saying? As far as the pivotal moments, the example that I use going from three to five instead of from three to four, it's okay to take the necessary steps, one step at a time, one step at a time. But there could be moments in our pursuit where we can take a significant leap and go from three to six without having to take that one step at a time process. Sometimes the obstacle can be put in front of us to show us how, to show us that we have more capabilities than we gave ourselves credit for. We often think that obstacles is a standstill. Whereas an obstacle could be an opportunity to prove to ourselves that we have a greater ability than what we give ourselves credit for. That's because 
Obstacles are a test of character. We can either fold, play the cards that we were dealt, or worse, or worse, become paralyzed and do nothing at all. And for me, I can't be stagnant. That's just not, that's just not gonna happen. I've spent a lot of time in a stagnant state and I don't like the thoughts that I have and the voices that tend to creep up in my mind when I'm in a stagnant space, so I choose to take action. You understand? I choose to push and move myself forward. I don't, of course I pity myself at times, and we all do, but we shouldn't feel bad for ourselves. And when we do that, we sometimes create these fantasies of an easier solution. You know, well, you know, I did try hard enough last week. Maybe I'll just settle for whatever comes now. We can't do that. The more we stay in stagnation, the closer we become to standing still and just settling for what is instead of what we set out to achieve in the first place. And I'll just leave that there. As you can tell, going into the third quarter of the 2023 year, I'm all about taking action. I want us to be able to put ourselves in a space to achieve what we want. And, and by doing that, we have, to, we have to remain diligent. We have to remain persistent, right? I'm your host, Him Not Them. If you want to get in contact with me, Him underscore not underscore them on the IG. This is 30 Talk. Peace. Crazy bottom never leaving.